You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit marathonchurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning. Good morning, Marathon Online. So glad you're watching with us. Thank you, Spencer and Kelly. Thank you, the staff that actually are putting all this together. Uh, it's been a really, uh, a real interesting watching everybody run around and do things they no, don't normally do. We do miss the volunteers, though. Wanted you to know we miss you guys. We do. Uh, reason we're doing this, we'll let you know that uh, we, we have protocols in place if COVID were to come into the building. And so we had someone to test positive for COVID. And so we decided, of course, the protocol was we go outside and online. And that's what we've done today. And so uh, we're going to make sure we get the all clear next week. And when we do, we'll go back into the building. Hopefully we can go back in next weekend. Just follow us on social media and all of that. You will know what we're doing. I think it's appropriate, appropriate that we are saying, uh, starting something called Over It. And uh, I think 2020, I think we all want to be uh, over 2020. Uh, but when we say we're over it, it doesn't mean we're not going to go through it. We're going to talk about that. So you may be fed up. You may say, I'm over it. And I got some, I have some stuff that uh, I want you to look at in just a minute. Make sure you get to the app, by the way. Make sure you go there. And because uh, my notes are going to be on here, everything we do is on the app. I think we had alerts this morning about times and stuff. So everything we do, if you're watching online and everywhere, our apps let you know what's going on. You can give on there, watch messages, all that kind of stuff. So I guess we would say we're definitely over it. Um, so I'm going to let you say it at home, or some of you are on the lake. Uh, if you want to scream out, I'm over it, that kind of thing, you can do that. I got some stuff. This is really, uh, I think we're all over these things. I think we are. And uh, so I thought I'd give you some pictures and let you look at them. And you tell me if you are over it. Let's look at the first one. Uh, I think we've decided that we can create any kind of mask that we want to create. I think we've done that. I would say that we're over that but we're not done with that. That would, that would be what I would say when it comes to these masks. Uh, I haven't tried this one yet, but uh, maybe, maybe. We'll have to see. We'll do that. Let's look at this. Um, the grocery aisle, I am definitely over this one, if you want to know. These little arrows that are moving, and then you have do not enter on the other side. So I got stuck in the middle, like right here. And, and so I didn't know which, I, did, I didn't want to make anybody mad, you know, and I would come out the wrong side and then people would look at me like I broke a law or something. So I don't know what happens and how do they know which way I came in if I'm going the right way? So I don't know, but I'm kind of over the one way. It is funny to watch it, especially when there's nobody in there. That's pretty good. How about a, how about a wonderful text that you sent out and you had a heartfelt text and you were all excited about it. And so here's how it went. Hey, I've been wanting to tell you lately just how much you mean to me. I love this. And how much, how much closer I feel our relationship has gotten. Not, day by, not a day by goes by that I don't sit and think about how lucky I am to have a person like you in my life. I can't wait to see all the amazing things that we get to experience together in the future. I hope you feel the same way and you end up with a K. I don't know if that's happened to you, uh, but... I'm probably one with a K because I'm just, uh, I'm not a lot of detail kind of thing, but I'm probably over this one. <laughs> I'm over it. Clemson football. Are we over Clemson football yet? No, no. I've got all, no, we're not over that. No, 
I'm not even saying it's Clemson football. What I'm saying is, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? I'm over it. Let's just do something. That's, that's what I'm talking about. So let's just do something. All right, here we go. This is a balloon, and this is a guy hanging on to the balloon up here, if you can see that. He's hanging on to the balloon, and he probably should let go. And this says, let go for, or let go or be dragged. And this is kind of what I'm talking about today. Let me, let me say this to you, that Philippians is my favorite book. It is the book that I set my life up when I was a teenager. I lived off this book. Uh, I love the Apostle Paul who wrote it. It tells me everything I should be doing, what I should be thinking, and uh, all the stuff, who I am, what I am, what God thinks of me, all this stuff's there, and I love it. So if you're gonna say you're over it, okay, that doesn't really mean what to you. I think we're all tired of 2020 and all the things we had to deal with. And if you're gonna say I'm over it, then Philippians is the book that you wanna look at if you're over it. Because Paul has the answer to all of these things that we're being frustrated with, that kind of thing. So let, let's figure out this though, because I need to know when I was a teenager, I'm reading the book of Philippians, I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm here, here, here's some things that did not make any sense, and some of them still don't. But Paul was always trying to tell me to be happy when things go wrong. I'm, I'm really like confused with this. This is the guy that's in prison, you know? He's in prison, he's writing this stuff, and he's telling all this stuff, like be happy when things go wrong. Rejoice in this stuff, rejoice when it's bad, rejoice. And remember, I'm a teenager, I didn't really, I didn't really get all that. So what I had to figure out is where, and this is what I've learned some of this from being a teenager, and as I got older, I realized, kind of could figure out where God was working. So I'm gonna give you some stuff. I'm gonna show you this, and you can pick out where you are with this, because God is working, He's always working. But I had to figure out that I'm, I'm the guy that likes to fix stuff. I'm the guy that likes to help God out. I think He's got a lot going on, He's got a lot on His plate. And I thought, well, maybe I can help Him out. And so eventually when I get to the point where I can't do it, that's when I get over it and that's when God gets on it. This is what I'm, uh, Philippians tells us all the time to watch for these things. So where is God working right now? So before we get to the book, let's figure out what's happening here. I would say this is, uh, this is 2020 right here. This is 2020. Uh, if you would, could figure all that out and put something on it. Uh, interruptions is one of the places. This is where God works. Uh, again, let me, let me tell you what the over it means. It means that you've quit trying to handle it and now you've, let, you've turned it over to God. This is what this means. That doesn't mean it's gonna go away and, you're gonna, and all your problems are gonna go away. No, but he's gonna take over and he's gonna show you what he, he can do. I found this out. I'll tell you a story in a minute. Uh, end of your rope, this is, where you, this is where you find God working. This is all these things is when you give up and you let him do what he does. Uh, nowhere to turn, uh, when nor normal becomes abnormal. That, um, I, I think that's where we are. <laughs> this is not anything normal. This weekend, the staff's experiencing we're not normal. Nothing's normal going on, what we think it is. So here we are where God is working. I think Kelly talked about that, how God is working and, it's, and she, he's working now. And what all this is happening, he is working now. But this is what's happening in your life. There's interruptions. And this is where you got to decide when you get over it. The end of your rope, nowhere to turn, and when normal becomes abnormal. So that's where God is going to work. 
I figured some of this out early on because things were never going right. They always seemed to go the way that I didn't want them to go. And what I prayed for a lot of times went the other way. So I had to figure out that I was not in charge. And I'll tell you this, the theme of the New Testament, you can write this, write this down. This is the theme. It's not about you and you never give up. This is what I love about Philippians. It's not about you and you never give up. I am not a quitter. I am not a quitter. I, li I like a challenge. You tell me I can't do it, I wanna do it. That's, what I, that's how I see things. And so I've learned a lot through Philippians, never to give up and never quit. So those are the things he has taught me. When we are over it, God is all over it. This is where, when you say I'm over it, I'm done with it, this is where God moves in. I have to, it takes me a little while to get here because I want to help him. And then eventually I'm like, I can't do this. I'm done. Okay, you go ahead. It's amazing what God can do with people who let him work in their life. And all these interruptions and all the things that happen when the normal and the abnormal and all that takes place, it's amazing what he can do when you let him get, come into it. So we're going to talk about some things that I've learned and some truths. Now this is, um, I'll just tell you straight up, this is what I know works. This isn't just a, a you know, reading the Bible or a, a message. This is actually what I've learned and what I know works from my teenage years because I've set my life up with Philippians. I know exactly how this thing has been going. I still get surprised a lot, but I've let God handle more of my stuff because I know he can do it. So here we go. When you're out, when you're over it, God, he is there. He's over it and he is on it. And so what I need you to know is that this is what I have learned. When things go wrong, when things happen that we can't control, now remember, uh, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna quit. We're not gonna give up. That's the whole theme of the New Testament and the theme of Philippians. We just, we just never, we just don't lay down and we don't, we don't stop. So here's, here's a verse that says, okay, what happens? Okay, I want God to handle it. I want God in on it. He's over it now. I'm not over it. So what do I do? Well, this is a great verse in James 4, 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now this is, now how does that work? This is, this is something that I had to figure out. So when you go to the actual Greek and you kind of look all this up, it actually, it's like a judge uh, walking into a courtroom. I don't know if you remember, here comes the judge, here comes the judge. Well, it's kind of like you're in the courtroom and they ask you to stand, all rise, the judge is entering, the honorable such and such is, is here. And so what happens, this, this draw near means to stand, rise, and move in and be full attentive with where God is and what God is doing. So he's saying, you are actually, actually moving toward me. And what I love about the verse, and he will move toward you. That's what I love about this verse. He said, you draw, you stand and move toward me, I'm gonna move toward you. This is the most beautiful thing. This is what God tells us. And I've learned that a lot over the years, that this is how God, God, you know, he really wants to be in this thing with you. You know, this part of life that what doesn't go right, he really wants to be there. He wants to be a part of that. And so that's what I've learned over the years. So we got three types of people that I'm speaking to right now and speaking to in the, with the staff around here. I have three types of people. But let me go ahead and give you a fourth type that I'm, I'm very happy for is that the fourth type of person I did not mention is that they're not going through a crisis. 
and we are, we're, congratulations, <laughs> you're not going through a crisis. Uh, we are very happy for you. But there seems to always be one around the corner, I know. But right now, enjoy it, enjoy it. Three types of people uh, going through a crisis right now. I was in drive-in a while ago, everybody was honking their horns. I know I'm talking to somebody that's going through a crisis. I know that. Uh, you're coming out of one, and you probably feel beat up and tired at this moment. And you're just glad that is behind you. So this is, the, this is one of those people that I'm talking to. And going into a crisis, you just came out, you got in or whatever. Now you're going into one. And so when we look at this, what, is, what does this tell us when it comes to Philippians? What does it tell us when we look at these things and we understand, okay, now we have said, I am done. I am over it. I'm going to let God handle it. And, but here's, here's where we are. When we say we want God to handle it, does it mean we want Him to take it away? Yeah, we do. I prayed that, th- I've prayed that so many times. But I end up going through it because that's how He does stuff. That's how He does. So I got some truth I need you to listen to. Let me give you two truths that I learned out of Philippians. And so you can uh, you know, look, listen to me and watch this happen. But this is the truth out of Philippians, the, the book that I have learned the most from in my life. Number one, your crisis is not your identity, and your crisis is not who you are. That's the first truth. Now, we could put whatever happened to you, it could be it. It happened. And you could say, well, my whole life has been from that place and that thing that happened. You're, you're not that it that happened. That's not who you are. That thing that took place long time ago. It's easy for me to say, just get over it, and you want to get over it. But sometimes we identify ourselves with these things that it happened. We identify ourselves with past mistakes, that thing that happened back there. And I will tell you what I have learned, the best thing I've learned, that I am, that is not who I am anymore because of Jesus Christ. Whatever's happened back there, whatever crisis, I am not that person. That is not who I am. And I have figured out through Philippians who I really am. And this is what I learned, like I said, early on, because it really did help me. It really did help me because I kept thinking, if something goes wrong, is God mad? This is what most people think. You know, is God's mad at me? No, God loves you more than you can ever imagine. There's no words on this earth to tell you how God loves. There's no words. And so I wanted you to know that, that this right here, your crisis, that thing that happened to you, that past mistake, that's not, that does not define you. That is not who you are. And I can tell you who, who you are. Jesus Christ gave us a new identity and a new position. So this is, this is what I need. I, I, th- I don't know which one's the best out of these two. Uh, I don't know which one you like the best. I, I really enjoyed both of them, but I'll tell you in just a minute the one I think that we really are. But he gave me a new identity. When he talked about, uh, you know, all things becoming new and all that happening, a brand new person, my de- identity went to Jesus Christ. I am a part of, and what I love about it, I'm part of the family, and we'll talk about that. But my identity changed. It wasn't by my past mistakes or anything, but now I'm identified with Jesus Christ because of what he gave me, because his blood covered my sin and changed my life. And now I'm a part of that identity and not my own. And the other thing he gave us was position. So now he moved us. This is so wonderful. He took and gave us a new identity, a new, a new thing in our life that we would have never had. And then he gave us position. The best way I can tell you is that I have a seat at the table. 
when I get to heaven, I am part of this family and I have the same things that Jesus has. I have the, all the things he will get, I will get. I'll, heir to the throne, all these things that he, as a son of God, God's going to give him, he is giving it to me. It has changed my identity and it has changed my position. So this really helped me when I was getting into college and some other things that, you know, I'm really not from here. I am really not in the same uh, what I used to think I am and where I am has changed because of Jesus Christ. So this is what has happened. So I don't know the, the position, the identity, all that has changed for me. Uh, let, me let me give you this real quick. Uh, my position, death to life, this is, what, this is what I have. I had to figure this out, and, but it translates into a wonderful thing when it comes to life. Uh, sin to salvation, lost to found, orphan to family. I'm a part of this family. I'm in the family business. We talked about this, uh, that I'm in the family business. I don't work for God. I work with God. I'm a part of his, I'm part of the lineage. I'm part of the tree. You know, I'm all in there. It's not about who I was or what I did. I am now have a new identity, a new position. I'm with him now. And I, my dad is God. That's what he's trying to tell us. All these things, our position is our identity. If you remember uh, Lion King, and I think it was uh, Simba, the son, Mufasa's the dad. And if you hadn't watched Lion King, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert right there. Mufasa actually died, if you didn't know that. So I hope I didn't mess that body up. Mufasa died, and uh, Simba left. Simba's on the run. And I think the monkey's name is Rafiki. Rafiki, I think it is. I think I got that right. Don't hold me to that. But Rafiki. So Simba's on the run, and Simba leaves, and Simba can't find out who he is. And the monkey, Rafiki, knows who, who he is. And, he says, and so he said, come with me. And he takes him to uh, a, a pond. And he looks into the pond, and then Mufasa comes up, walking up in the spirit form. And he looks into the water, and he sees his dad. He says, Mufasa says, you need to remember who you are. And that's what I figured out. Whatever's going on, whatever happens, we need to remember, I have my father's face. I have, I'm, I have his identity. That's who I am. And so my position has changed from where I was. From death I live, you know, from sin to salvation. My past mistakes, my past things, all those things went away. I'm not defined by what I used to do. I'm not even defined by who I was. I am someone new and my identity and position has changed and this isn't where I live. And I'll tell you about that in just a minute because we all worried about those things. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Asking Jesus Christ into my life changed my identity and my position. Because of his blood covered my sin, I, everything has changed for me. I live my life with a new identity and a new position. No matter what happens here, I have a seat. This is what he's trying. This is where Paul was going when he kept saying, you need to be so happy when things go wrong. You need to rejoice because this is not where you live. This is not your citizenship. This is what he said. Our citizenship, but our citizenship is in heaven. We all worried about, you know, citizenship right now because we're going to be voting. We all worried about it. I can tell you where you are. I'm in Jesus Christ. I have a new position and my home is in heaven. That's, where, that's, that's the way we're supposed to live according to Philippians. That's what he's told us to do. That's how he's shown us. This is what we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to live. 
Truth number two, your life is God's project, not yours. That helped me so much because I kept working on my, I kept trying to do all the right things, you know. I kept trying to read all the scripture. Did I pray enough? Do I go to church? And I mean, I really worked this thing. I really, and I'd feel guilty if I didn't show up for something. And I realized I was working, you know, I was trying to think, I'm going to try to do this on my own. But I figured out that God, I'm his project. He's working me. He's making me like his son. He's doing all those things. And that really did help me. It really helped me to settle down when it became, you know, it's not so much religious, it's more, more relationship. And this is what he taught me. So it was really cool figuring that out early on. I got something else I want to share with you. Now, remember, we're in the family business. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, this verse, Philippians 1.6, changed everything in my life when I was a teenager. I'm just going to tell you right now. Changed everything in my life. Being confident of this, that he began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. This was the first verse in my life, the first time I've heard it so much growing up that God's Word is one, you know, works, God's Word is alive, God's Word it is moving. Uh, but I really just were quoting verses for a while until this verse, for the God who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of His coming. For the God who began a good work in me will complete it until that day. I am His project and He's still working on me. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to look like yet, but, I, but I'm getting there. This verse came alive. We were in our high school basketball championship, state championship in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Spartanburg, we have somebody from there. And uh, we were there and I remember the coach came to me. We had, we had fought our way. We'd worked really hard just to get there. And the team that is in there that has won it so many times, I don't know how we were supposed to win this game. So he gave me this, he said, if you got a, a word, you got a Bible study, you got something. And I did not have anything because I didn't know I was supposed to at that point. So I went into the locker, back in the locker room, and I said, God, I need some help. And I just started flipping through the Bible, which is straight up, flipping through the Bible, and it ends up on Philippians 1, 6. And it says, for the God who began a good work in you will continue it until the day of his completion. I was like, what? Let me start over. For the God who began a good work in you will continue it and complete it. So I went back to the team and I read this verse, and I said, we're going to win. You know why I said that? Because I'd already asked God, you think I was praying for the other team? Come on, I'm a teenager. I was praying, God, I want to win. You pray for Clemson to win, I know. So I'm over there. This is me, okay, this is me. I'm praying to win. I got this verse. And then in about that moment, I realized just in that moment, this is where this came alive, that this is nothing to do with basketball, that this is so much bigger than one game. And we went out. Of course, I have to tell you, we did win. And that was, that helped. My, that helped because my mother did something for me that uh, we lost the championship the year before. I didn't even get to tell drive in this, but we lost it the, champ the championship the year before. My mother said, if you really want it bad enough, then you pray for it and you ask God for it every day. Every day, God is my witness every day. I would get up and I would pray and I would, go to the, I would go to the gym and I would work out every day. We opened the gym up in the summer. We practiced, we practiced, and we prayed, and God delivered. Now, he doesn't always do everything like that, but it happened to me. This changed me. This changed me. 
His word came alive in that moment, in my time. And you talk about trust, it, it changed everything for me. It changed everything. Therefore, here's, here's why the, you never give up and you never quit. This is where it comes in. Because, you know, this is, this is it's a hard deal. It's a hard road. And we're trying to reach people. And so he says, you can't, get, you can't quit. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I see this, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I saw this being in a gym and everybody on the st- sidelines watching this. And everybody on, everybody on there, it's everybody, it wasn't nobody on the other team. Everybody was on my team, and they were hoping that I would do this and make this happen. This is what he's saying. The people that have gone on before you, the people who are in heaven right now, they're pulling for us. They want us to win because people that need to know Jesus Christ, we need to be moving. We need to keep playing the game is what it's saying. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out. I'll tell you what I got when I was younger. First of all, you can't do everything. You can't get entangled to everything. I learned that early on. I can't do it all. And I, you know, I can do all things through Christ. I took all things and I learned you can't do it all. The race is, is a, it's a race. It's not just a sprint, it's a run. And I realized this going in here, and it was marked out for us. Marked out for me, and it's marked out for you. So the idea is we never quit and we keep running. And there was something I want to share with you. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. In other words, know where you're running. That's what, that's what I was getting. I'm like, oh, I know what, this is a call. This is, this is the cause of Christ. This is why I got to do what I'm doing now, because I am still running. I'm still looking. My life's not over. This thing's not over. When he says it's over, it's over. But there is no retirement plan in my life because this is what he has done. This is the project. This is the things he's making happen. And there are so many people that need to know Jesus Christ. We got to run and we can never quit. Know where it is. Know the prize. Talks about this in Philippians. We got so much to do. Just, you're going to have to just stay with this whole series. But run for the prize. Know what you're running for. For I know why you're running. So here's, here's what I want to say. I'm going to give you a moment to look at this. I want you to think about it. Either we run from him, and this is where, I, this is what happens a lot. I don't know why we get mad. We think God's mad, or you get mad at God. I don't know if you're running. What, I don't know where you're going. That's a thought. Uh, run to him. This is where some of you may need to be. Some of you need to go. You need to know, I need, to, I need dad. And the last one is you run with him. That's when it gets fun. So I want you to think about these three things. I want Spencer and Kelly to sing for me. Sing us a song for all of us. Just listen to the words and I'll be right back. When the night is closing in, don't give up, don't give in. It's gonna be okay. Said, let me, let me ask you, let's look at this. I'm going to talk to everybody that's running from him right now. I just need you to stop for a moment. How's that working out? See, that's what, that's kind of what I had to figure out early too. Uh, I can try this thing on my own and I can be mad. I can think I got this, but how's that working out? And so this is when I decided to stop and run to him. And this is where you are. Some of you are right there. Some of you just need to run to God and let Him do what He does. Let Him take care of you. 
We are His children. He wants the best for His children. We have a new identity. We have a new position. He wants to be in our life. And the best thing I ever figured out is learning how to run with Him. I know it. Nothing, nothing easy. Nothing easy. But I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed. I know what happens in the end. I know it's such a wonderful thing to be running with Him. This morning, here's what I would like to ask for all of you watching. If you would like to accept Jesus Christ in your life, I mean, if you've been running, just, just stop for a moment and just listen to me. If you would like to accept Jesus Christ into your life, change your world, change your identity, change your perception, changes everything. Your citizenship, it changes everything. If you would want it, you'd like to do that, pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and change me and make me a new person. I want to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not following you sooner. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for hearing my prayer changing my life forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you accepted Christ, Kelly, let me ask you something. If you accepted Christ, can they, is it on the app? They can let you just type in the app. Yes. Made a decision. Is a hand that's up right now? Yeah, if you made a decision to uh, accept Christ, the hand's up. Just please check on that for us if you would. And uh, we'd like to know. We'd like to pray for you. We'd like to send you some stuff. So thank you for being with us today. Uh, listen, we're never going to quit. We're never going to give up. We're going to keep running. We're going to run with him. Philippians is great. Hang in there. We'll see you next week. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.